Good morning and welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for being here. This is uh, somewhat of a little historic moment here in our church family. This is the first time one of our services is being translated into Spanish. So, so this is a really cool thing. So yeah, this is, this is to reach. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really cool because so many, so many of our friends and neighbors that live around us um, are looking for Christ, looking for God. And sometimes the barrier that brings, that, that keeps them from coming is, is a language thing. And so um, um, Yvette is trying this whole new thing out. And so we're really excited about that. And so, um, so if you see people with headphones on, um, they may be hearing it in Spanish. Other people, if they have headphones on, they may be listening to one of the uh, NBA playoff games. So I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? That's <laughs> It gives you a good, a good reason. Well, my name, my name is Paul, um, and it's good to have you here. When you came in, um, you were stopped, and you got a name tag, and you wrote down what? Your name. Yeah, that's what you do. You know, you see a name tag, and you, 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 you write down your name, usually what you do. And most people don't write anything different unless you don't like name tags. Then you say, hello, my name is someone who hates name tags, you know, and there's some people that do that. Now, we were, I mean, we write down our names, you know, Paul or Sally or, you know, Joe or Joshua or Lupe or Luce, whatever else, and, 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 and this is a way we get to know each other, you know, so baby, when you shook hands just a second ago, you turned around and you're able to see the person's name, and that kind of helps connect, and you realize, okay, that's, that's, that's kind of part of who they are. This is part of who I am. It's, it's my name, or another word for it is identity. This is my identity is, is right here. Um, my name is Paul. It's, it's who I am. Now, there are other ways that we actually can, can see other people's identity. For instance, I, I put my Facebook page up there um, so you can kind of get a little bit more about me. If you look closely, you can see that um, some of the, my friends that are the Denzel is on there. I just want to let you know. He's wishing me a good service and Oprah. Yeah. Just a little window into my world. I just want to let you all know. Sometimes, sometimes when you're driving, you know, you'll, you'll try and get to know somebody either by the car they drive or sometimes by the bumper stickers, you know, on, on the back of their car. At one time, I was at, at CVS, and, and this person pulled up next to me, and their, the back of the car was just plastered with bumper stickers, you know, just all, all, all over the place. And, and, and I know it's wrong, but I always kind of wonder about the emotional stability of those kinds of people, you know? Now, if you are one of those people, I'm sure you're very nice and very emotionally stable. Realize, though, I'm probably never going to park next to you, but, um, but it tells. Sometimes when you look at the bumper stickers, you try and figure out exactly what this kind of person is and, and what they're, they do and, and, and maybe what they like and what they, particularly what they dislike. You know, they're all on there. That is part of their what? Their identity, that's kind of who they are. I was w- working out at Snap, this was a few months ago, and in comes this huge guy with tats all over and a cut-off shirt that says, bad word with an F, Raider haters. He doesn't like Raider haters. And that told me a lot about him. It told me that he's a Raider fan, okay? And at that point, it tells a lot about me. I became a Raider fan right at that moment in time. I just got to him do this thing. I am, go forth, go forth, but what if we had you write not your name um, on, on this, but what if we had you write what you call yourself at your worst moment? The name you give yourself when you mess up. 
or when you've done something really wrong or when you've done something really stupid. What if we had you write on your name tag those words that were called, you were called when you were younger or even maybe by your parents? What if we had you write those names on there? And that's what we're going to spend a few minutes talking about. Would you pray with me? So, Lord, thank you now for these moments we have. And God, guide my words and open our hearts up to the truth of of you and who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes um, we look for our identity um, in the way we look. You know that? That's true? Um, Sometimes we can get to this morning. I got what I'll just simply call mugged by the mirror. You know, have you ever that happened to you? We start here really early, and I got up really early this morning, and, and I turn on the light in the bathroom, and I looked at my face, and it was like, ah, you know, what is that? You know, what is, there wasn't even a who in there, because I wasn't sure I was seeing any kind of a who in that picture. You know, you're, 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 your hair, and you've got bedhead, and you've got zit face, and you've got puffy cheeks, and, you know, big eye, eye, eye boogers, and all those kinds of things. <laughs> And, and, and you give it your best shot, but then as you're getting ready to leave, the verdict still may be yuck, you know, yuck. I, I read this, that when, a woman, um, read, that when a woman reads a fashion magazine, after three minutes, 70% of them will get depressed, okay? You just get depressed. You just look at that and you think, I don't look like that. I mean, how many of us, how many of us would like to change something about our appearance? Any of you guys would be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of us probably would. I'm not beautiful enough, not shapely enough, not slender enough. My skin is the wrong color. My face is the wrong shape. And, and so maybe growing up, or maybe even right now on your name tag, you would write ugly. Or you might write plain. Or, or maybe you would write, nobody could love somebody who looks like me. You see the kinds of identity we give ourselves we give ourselves. And sometimes we get actually our name tags from from other people. Um, if you're old enough, you've witnessed the evolution of baseball hats. I have. I've I've lived long enough to be able to see the evolution of baseball hats and how people wear them. So remember this one? Remember this one right right here? Yeah. Remember Obi? Just just a little kid wearing a nice looking baseball hat. Well, then, about in the 70s, it evolved to this. Go ahead, the trucker hat. Remember the trucker hat? The mesh back, it had to go high, so there's a lot of air in there, and a nice bent brim. And then, um, a couple decades ago, it turned into this, okay? I love this guy, by the way. He's a brilliant man right there. Dodger fan, by the way, just to let you know. And then, and then we went to, who knows why we went to this one, but look at that. How about that? Uh, they even put the logo on the fr- side, so it, we go to that. And, and we ask the question, why? You know, why? Why do people wear those things? Well, they wear those things for the same reason I wore what I wore, because of people. I don't want to stand out. You know, I want to just kind of blend in. I want to I wanna fit in. I don't want to be seen as dressing too weird. The film Mean Girls um, actually was based on a book written by Roz Wiseman, and it was a sociological study about middle school girls. And, 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 the, and the, 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 the book was called Queen Bees and Wannabes, 
And what she determined, what she found out is in every middle school, there is the queen bee. And the queen bee girl has, has her entourage, and they're all the wannabes. That as long as they have some kind of proximity or closeness to the queen bee, then they are all right. You know, then they're in the social circle, and they'll be okay. But if you're excluded by the queen bee, then, then you're out. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you can identify it, or you can even go back in your life and say, yeah, I remember who the queen bee was. And, and maybe you were one, one yourself, and you realize the kind of power that you had over people. And we sometimes would write down on our name tags because of that, you know, I'm just not in the in crowd. I'm not like that. I'll watch high school students do just about anything and turn into just about anybody just to be accepted by a group, you know? You were there. We were there. And so the label we put based on where we are on the social status is loser, you know, or we'll maybe write down the word nerd. Oh, we don't write it out you know, on our real name tags. You know, we still put our names. But the identity that we view ourselves as or see ourselves as is something entirely different. Or maybe we, we have that label that our parents put on us. You know, you'll never make it in life. You know, you're really not that good. You're not good enough at all. We also get named by our circumstances, by the way. Our identity sometimes comes from our circumstances. And we know about this. There are certain things we did, and we regret that. And so we would say, hello, my name is Regret. Because I look back at my life, and I see nothing but a whole lot of what? Of regret. I look back, and I see nothing but a whole lot of mistakes that caused me to become an addict. Hello, my name is an addict. That's who I am. Or maybe you carry the scars of what people did to you, and it's like I'm somebody who was abused. You see how we do that? See what we do to ourselves? And our whole identity then becomes those kinds of things. Or rejected. I spend time with people. You spend time with people too. I mean, we, we know this. And early on, you begin to hear what they've written down on their name tags. You can just simply hear it as they talk about themselves or their past. Rejected. Angry. You know, bitter, hurt, afraid, guarded, controlling, you know, I have to be in control. I can't be seen as weak, purposeless, trapped. See, see, see the identities we have, we, we, we put on ourselves? And then we kind of pretend, and we can pretend, and we can write all these other pretend things on the name tags, but deep down inside, underneath this thing, you know, there's something else that's going on inside, and it, and, it, and it truly shapes us, and it affects our relationships, and it affects, man, it affects the way you connect and relate to people, because all of a sudden, somebody says something, and that little name that you was written on you a long time ago, all of a sudden goes, bing, and it comes flaring out, and so oftentimes, marital problems are because there's a name that's there that all of a sudden is firing off. And now you're saying, okay, Paul, thank you very much for making me depressed on Easter Sunday, you know. <laughs> Just love to come to Mariners, you know, and come back again for, for this. You know. <laughs> but, but isn't this a whole lot of what Easter Sunday is all about? Because there's going to be good news in this whole thing. And Easter Sunday brings good news into a pretty bleak situation. Good Friday, Jesus was dead. Hopes and dreams were gone. Just killed. Just wiped out. You know, 
And they were bummed out and they were frustrated and they were lost because they were saying, this Jesus has something going for him and we have hope in this guy. And all of a sudden they killed him and we're not quite sure why they killed him. And Jesus will say later on how it all works together. But they just simply said, hope's dead. Our hope is dead, gone. Let's just go back to our lives, citizens. You know, that's it. And they get there on Easter Sunday and they expected to see a dead Jesus because that meant all their promises they gave were dead as well. And they get there, as Betty read, he was alive. I mean, he was risen from the dead. And that means all the hope and all the promises then are just as alive and just as real. And a whole lot of things changed really quickly. All of a sudden, hope began to come in their life and joy began to come in their life. And it's like, if this Jesus, he has the power over life and death, maybe he has the power over my life as far as who I am and my identity of how I've seen myself. And I can have hope again. Question in, in, in the Bible, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. Who will rescue me from this body of sin and death? Who? Who is going to rescue me from this body of sin and death? And it can also see who will rescue me from this life of stupid and loser and bitter and regret. Who's going to do that? Who will do that? Or who will rescue me from this name tag of shame and condemn? Who's going to do that? And then the answer just blares, just blasts. The answer is, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Thank God that Jesus Christ can rescue and does rescue. Sing in the Bible, and, and it says, how priceless is your love to me. Isn't that great? Talking to God, God, how priceless is your love to me? And, and you look at that word priceless. Priceless means... Wow, worth a lot, worth more than anything can imagine. And I would want someone to love me and feel that. I would want to be able to say, man, how priceless is your love to me? It means I've experienced and I, and I feel that. And the reason we make a big deal about Jesus and we sang, you know, no other name, you know, what a powerful name it is about Jesus and no one else but Jesus is because no other great, quote, religious figure died for us. None. They died. They didn't die for us. And they did not come back from the dead. And no other religious figure takes you just the way you are right now. Just the way you are right now. And says, I love you. No, no, you can't love me because right here it says I'm an idiot. You know, it says I'm an idiot. Um, Jesus says, no, you have to understand, I love you. And I love you with a priceless love. No, it says right here, I've got a lot of crud in my life, a whole lot right there. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand, I have a priceless love for you. A pri- just the way you are. Just as you are. And now you've got to understand, I've, I've been stupid and guilty and I've broken promise. I've hurt people close to me. That's a really bad thing. And the Bible says this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when you had your act together, not when your name tag was all cleaned up and really cool and all that stuff. While you were still sinners. And that's why the death and the tomb are so important for us and the rising from the dead are so critical because it clarified and verified everything that he was and did. So my name tag, bottom line, my, ta- my name tag and your name tag would have two words on them, shamed and condemned. 
because that's what sin does. Sin, your sin shames you. You would not want on the screen a list of any of the sins that you've done in your life. Not one. I don't. I would be shamed of that. So my name tag would say, bottom line, spiritually shamed, but also because I've done those things before a loving, incredible God, I would be condemned, and I should be. Shame because I'm flawed and unacceptable. Condemned because I deserve punishment. But his love says, even though you're flawed, you're priceless. And grace says, even though you're condemned, I will take that condemnation on myself and free you from it. Free you from it. Because God would say, only my opinion matters. Just my opinion matters. My opinion about myself really doesn't matter much. Your opinion about me, I'd like it to matter. But bottom line, God's opinion of me matters the most. He takes the name tag, my name tag of shame and condemned, and he puts it on himself. That's why he was crucified. Do you understand that? God punished him. So you don't have to be punished. And that is the very heart of Christianity right there, right there. God punished Jesus so you don't have to be. And by simply putting your faith in that, you are free and forgiven. The Bible says this, that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has become. Isn't that cool? I mean... You may have thought all kinds of things you could have written on your name tag. But in Christ, you're a new person. And if you accept, you are forgiven and free. Isn't that cool? All that shame has been forgiven. And that condemnation, I'm free. I want you to meet a, a couple of um, amazing people. And um, we, we filmed them this last week. And they're going to share their stories with us, so I'm going to invite you to turn your attention to the screen and just watch and hear what they have to say. Well, I never really got uh, got myself together. You know, I just uh, was in with a bad crowd. You know, there was periods in my life that were good, but the majority of it was uh, was like I was in a tunnel. You know, and. Uh, I could see an opening at the end, but I was stuck in the middle there somewhere. So. Um, I started um, getting involved in drugs and alcohol um, at a very young age, um, and uh, that continued for 25 years. Uh, I had a daughter during that time, I got married during that time. Um, and just very, very abusive relationships. Um, and um, I stayed there because I was worthless. Um, I was a loser. I was not worth anything. And that's what I was told by the men that I was dating. Um, and this time I lost everything. I lost my marriage. I lost a baby. I lost a baby. Um, um, I lost the men who love in my life. Mm. And I lost myself. 
in when I lose that, not just I love myself, my spirit, my heart has broken. Yeah, I try to figure out how I reconstruct that part of my life. Yeah, I try many, many, many uh, habits, person, um, addictions, work, everything in the world, brain, but I can't find them. still trying to keep that control trying to keep you know I got this under control I got this you know we, we you know I, I don't need any I'm, I'm good you know I'm good and um, in 2013 uh, I was laid off from the town of Hillsboro which uh, ended up being pretty much the most devastating time in my life Reveal the woman starting broken pieces. In our in the woman, could I dream all the time to be? But now I can see all the really things happen in my life when I'm in the darkest moment. It's because Jesus always stays by my side. taking care of me and keeping me from a lot of danger. I mean, I, I, there was many times that I was in dangerous way that, that he saved me. Through Christ, I see myself as a person who is worthy um, and loved very much, very much loved. Yeah. I knew that I needed to come back to, uh, to Jesus. And that's what I did. And the way I would describe my life now is a freedom, freedom from active addiction and, and uh, freedom that I have Jesus Christ, you know. I felt it immediately when we walked through the door. I mean, I just, it was just like God rolled out this red carpet and said, this is where I want you to be. You know, where I would just, it, it felt really good. I mean, I remember being in there crying. Um, I mean, just completely. And I remember, you know, some some of the sermons, I mean, they were like they were talking straight to me. Mm -hmm.